0: SNAF
1: Production. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto, and this is The Science Briefing, a podcast about the science of everything. In Antarctica, buried more than two kilometres under ice, sits an observatory. It's called the Ice Cube Neutrino Observatory, and it's making some major discoveries about not only our own solar system, but far beyond that. So, what is the observatory doing exactly? What is it looking for? And why is it buried kilometres under ice in Antarctica? I talked to Cosmos Magazine journalist Jacinta Bowler to find out. So, Jacinta, the Ice Cube Observatory isn't your typical observatory. Actually, I don't think there's another like it on the planet. What makes it so unique? So, unlike observatories
0: or big telescopes that you can see above the ground, on the corner of a cliff face, or up on a high elevated piece of land, the Ice Cube Observatory is buried 2.5 kilometres deep under ice in Antarctica. The observatory is also at the bottom of the Earth. If you look at it on a globe, it's sitting pretty darn close to the point that all the longitude lines meet. Oh, and not only is Ice Cube at the bottom tip of the planet and 2.5 kilometers below the Earth, but the observatory is huge. It's about one cubic kilometer in size down in
1: the ice. To scale, that's enough water to fill one million swimming pools. Jacinta, that's actually insane. Okay, so my next question, maybe it's both a simple and difficult one to answer, but how? Like how do they even build this observatory? I mean, like it sounds like a mammoth effort to build something above ground like this, let alone kilometers down into the ice.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine it was easy. It took seven years to construct, and they could only work on it for a few months each year during the Southern Hemisphere summer. So that's roughly between November through to February. Mm. And essentially, they dug down into the ice to place the cables. And these cables would hold up things called a digital optical module, or a DOM. In total, there are 86 cables, each holding 60 DOMs. So in total, there are 5,160 of these. These DOMs are crucial in recording something called neutrinos. I'll get into what those are in a second. And these cables hold the ice cube observatory frozen in place. Interestingly, the observatory was dug into ultra-pure snow from 50,000 years ago that is now condensed into ice. Wow! Ultra-pure snow is needed for this experiment with this observatory. It's way more pure than anything that scientists could make in a lab, which means that they have to have this experiment in Antarctica. They couldn't do it in a lab even if they wanted to.
1: You mentioned neutrinos. What is the purpose of this observatory?
0: The full name for IceCube is the IceCube Neutrino Observatory. So IceCube is searching for things called neutrinos. A neutrino is a particle that is tiny, neutral, and has a mass so small it's almost zero. They're a particle in the same way that, for example, electrons are a particle, but electrons are relatively easy for us to be able to see and interact with, whereas a neutrino is a particle that's so small and has so little mass and has no charge. And so it's a lot harder for you to be able to check that they're actually there. And basically, these neutrinos are thought to be able to tell us very exciting things about the universe and the cosmos. They can also tell us more about space objects that other telescopes can't. They travel from the sun and the stars, even from black holes, down to planet Earth. And one of the best ways to observe these neutrinos and the universe at large
1: is for the observatory to be buried in ice. Jacinta, that's a pretty whack statement you're making there. Can you tell us why burying an observatory kilometres under ice is the best way to understand what these neutrinos are?
0: Yeah, so firstly, neutrinos aren't detectable. So the only way that we can detect that they're actually there is through a large volume of transparent material. So that basically means water or ice. The South Pole is the one place on Earth that has huge amounts of clear, pure and stable ice that can support this sort of research. But not only that, to detect neutrinos, the IceCube Observatory needs to be protected from other sources of radiation too like electrons or photons or anything else that might hit the Earth. So to do this, the DOMS, the digital optical modules that help record neutrinos, to stay protected from radiation, they're buried 1.5 kilometers down into the ice. Because they're so far into the ice, it's a lot harder for other types of radiation to make its way down there. So it's basically just the neutrinos at that point. So this is kind of bonkers. But yeah, these are the required conditions that help us detect
1: and then record neutrinos. And so how do we actually detect the neutrinos? Like what's the process, Jacinta? So imagine that a
0: neutrino is coming straight from the sun. What happens is that most of the neutrinos won't hit anything, but occasionally a neutrino does hit something. If it can hit this super pure ice, so where the ice Cube observatory is. It actually produces a secondary particle, and this secondary particle can emit something called Cherenkov radiation. This actually makes a blue light, and the ice cube sensors, so that's the DOMS, can pick up this radiation, this light. They timestamp it and then record it. From there, computers can then work out the direction and the energy of the neutrino. And the number of neutrinos IceCube can detect is pretty insane, It detects 275 atmospheric neutrinos daily and about 100,000 per year. That's quite a lot because, like I said at the start, a lot of them don't hit anything. So
1: 100,000 per year is a lot of neutrinos. And so, Jacinta, you said these neutrinos can tell us more about the universe. What exactly? What have we learned so far? They can tell us things about the most violent events in the universe.
0: And because neutrinos barely interact with anything, they travel in straight lines from their source. This means you can get information from a black hole or a distant star directly to the ice cube detector. In 2013, the researchers discovered 28 neutrinos that had likely originated outside the solar system. This is cool because although the Sun emits neutrinos, finding ones outside our solar system means they came from far-flung stars or other galactic objects. And in July 2018, a neutrino was traced back to its origin in a blazar, nearly 5.7 billion light-years away. A blazar is a supermassive black hole in the middle of a galaxy that shoots out jets, so particles basically, from its front and back. And this was the first time a neutrino detector had been used to locate an object in space.
1: Jacinta, this is really, really cool. Like, there's nothing else like this on the planet. What else can we expect from Ice Cube? Do we have any sense of what discoveries or sort of discoveries it might make next?
0: Yeah, so in early November this year, the observatory published a paper showing it had discovered more than 79 neutrino events between 2011 and 2020, coming from Messier 77, the galaxy. Now, they can't 100% confirm this is where the neutrinos came from, but they're pretty sure they've calculated the likelihood of it being from somewhere else as just 0.3%. So, the Ice Cube Telescope is exceptionally cool because although we can look at the stars from optical and radio telescopes, because neutrinos barely touch anything and can go so far through the universe without changing course, it can allow us to be able to see things that only the Ice Cube Telescope can see. And I don't know, I like that. <laughs> the end of all of my podcasts be like, I don't know, I think it's cool. <laughs>
1: Jacinta Bowler is a science journalist for Cosmos Magazine. You can read more of Jacinta's reporting by heading to cosmosmagazine.com. Also, if you're a fan of the show, don't forget to subscribe. You can download the Listener app to listen for free or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Just search The Science Briefing. And leave us a review. Let us know what you think. The Science Briefing is produced by listener and the Royal Institution of Australia. This episode was produced by Jake Morecambe, mixing by Dave Stein. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto. Catch you next time.